0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome along to episode 82 of The Sofa Manager, Scottish Football Ma- uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, take two, take two. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome along to (laughs) some- Wait, one more, this'll be the last one, I promise. I won't fudge it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome along to episode 82 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast. I think we're going to entitle this the Winging It eh, episode, as this is not the first attempt, eh, over the first week even, eh, that we've had attempting to record episode 82. So... We're just going to go for it Chat away about Scottish football, English football, full shebang Anything football, anything life Possibly John, if we want to air our grievances on here We've plenty <laughs> that we could be talking about over the next hour or so Anyway I think we will be talking about our uh, recent trip to London um, And Queen's Park Rangers Visiting formerly known as uh, Loftus Road For the, the first time for ourselves, even John uh, You can check him out on Footballogy. is it known as, John? Yeah, yes Okay, you can check out his wonderful score there on the grounds he's visited, and we'll also be hearing about John's uh, trip to Charlton recently, as well as discussing all the goings-on in Scottish football, including the Europa League, James Keating's shenaniganry, and anything that went on over the previous weekend. Anyway, joining myself, the Ropest announcer, stroke highlights package editor in Scottish football, Paul, is our very own footballology <laughs> badge earner. Um, and regional stadium, stadium expert, it is John. Hello, John. Hello, Paul. Glad to have you back. You pleased that we get another crack at this? Ah, we'll try again. <laughs> they missed some top chat about the, the Falcon Hearts game.
1: Massive kind of in-depth conversation about the Scottish Cup and um, we blew it. Indeed, <laughs> well, indeed. We, sky, could actually, it.
0: we could actually share that episode. Um, Just have a really weird ending. It would. Well, it be, and let's go to the quiz. And it would, yes. It's it still two decimals that freeze, that freeze as well. I know. Uh, don't, don't do that to me tonight. That would give me cause for great concern. So will get halfway through two episodes. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> two indeed. Episodes. indeed. So if you can imagine the woes of technology, whilst what you see on your screen is two people, a couple of microphones, I can assure you that behind these microphones, there is far more going on <laughs> than you might imagine or hope. Anyway. there was a big picture. big <laughs> picture. Yes. John, stop trying to sell your apartment. Eh? Anyway, shall we get it cracked straight on? Aye, why not? Good. Okay. Topic numero uno. Um Queen's Park Rangers uh, was the game upon our February weekend Valentine's uh, visit to London. Um was it a was it a romance <laughs> made in heaven, Jonathan? It was a good trip. Uh, well, I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, and we'll get into the we'll get into the full extent of the the stories. Darren, of course, isn't here to defend himself this evening, so we can we can go full full attack on him. Absolutely, um, again, indeed. Uh, trip started badly, um, and I've had I've had a lot of abuse for this. Um, although I'd uh, comment below whether you think I was in the right or I was in the wrong. Uh, Our train was stuck outside Haymarket for about 40 minutes, which is an overhead power failure. I think commuters will be very familiar with this issue, um, and I can kind of see why they're talking about it as Scott fail So, of course, we get into Edinburgh uh, Waverley at about 3 o'clock. The train to London Kings Cross leaves at 3 o'clock. They closed the door two minutes early. Darren has not collected his ticket on the train. I've already paid the deposit and things for the hotel. So I'm thinking... I'm just going to bolt this. I'm just going to... I'm going to go for it. Darren might not have his ticket, but... I've I've paid for the hotel. This needs to be... I need to do it. So, bolted, got on the train about ten seconds before they actually locked the doors. About one or two minutes past three. And away I went on the train and left poor Darren at... uh, Waverley station for approximately half an hour. Um, much to the surprise. It was an interesting reaction to the people I was messaging on the way down in terms of, oh, you shouldn't have left your mate, you're a bad friend. Oh, he should have got his ticket before he got there. I was like, oh, well, you know, caught in the middle. Um, where, where, where would you have landed on that, John? We'll get you as the first vote. Well, by this point, I was in spoons. So. <laughs> Your level of care wasn't uh, as high as it could have been. My judgement was impaired. Right. Uh,
1: I didn't really care, to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to get down.
1: So uh, oh, the thing is, you know, know, like, you know Dan played a blind on this one because he put, you know, did less stops on the way down and they still mm-hmm. arrived roughly at roughly the same time.
0: We arrived within two minutes of each other. It was ridiculous. I think he did it deliberately just to avoid you for four you and a half. You could have done Cured it, aren't he? But he didn't want to give away those juicy details, John. That's what it was. It's all those juicy details. <laughs> that was the theme of the weekend, of course. But anyway, I arrived down there. Comment below whether I was in the right or I was in the wrong. And we yeah. head out to meet John. And we head out to the football. Actually, the the first person we meet at the pubs a raging Celtic fan <laughs> from the Northern Isles. So, felt immediately at home in a very unfamiliar place. Um and straight into all that chatter about uh, our, I think, mutual appreciation for uh, Rangers Football Club, uh, which I think is is common amongst the, the Scottish contingent of non-Rangers fans um, which was good and then we actually went to see another team called Rangers playing blue, must be the only team with the nickname of both the Hoops and Jers at the same time It's a strange mix It is <laughs> indeed uh, off to Queen's Park Rangers, Loftus Road, the Key and Prince Foundation Stadium as it's now known. Mm, I'll take your word for it. Ah, Killing Killian Prince. Oh yeah, something like that. So um it was quite good. Queen's Park Rangers against Stoke City. Uh, not long ago would it have been a Premier League fixture. Uh, did it have that big match feel for you, John?
1: Not quite. Not quite. I think oh. these two two struggling teams at the kind of bottom half of the championship. It wasn't exactly the kind of glamour game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh However, that said, um, very entertaining. Six goals. Just QPR coming from two goals behind to win four two. Cracking value um, for the kind of thirty three pound that we paid for a ticket.
0: That does smart a wee bit.
1: That's not ideal, but it mm-hmm. is London, it's London prices. Well, I can tell. large that I can kind of cope with it. So uh, good experience. It's quite a nice stadium. Quite kind of compact. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact kind of walking up to it you don't really realise there's a stadium there apart from the kind of towering floodlights and we kind of dominate everything else so it's it's, it's very very tight uh, I recommended you if you're kind of down in London kind of looking for a kind of a, kind of left field stadium to go to I think probably Loftus Road was probably up there um, I think there's a fair few that kind of do a kind of trip there there's a lot of kind of Germans and uh, a few Dutch guys as well sitting around us who we were all there doing exactly the same as what we were. Just, you know, another one off the list.
0: Of course, it was a very atmospheric part of the stadium with all the football tourists.
1: I'm sorry. It was... To be fair, there was a huge atmosphere anyway, anyway. really, within the stadium. Like, it was...
0: Not until they, they went ahead.
1: The caveat to this is it was absolutely lashing down the rain from start to finish. It was horrendous. Uh, so I can understand why people were just scurrying in and forget. <laughs> just I want to go home. I want to go to the pub? Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah,
0: kind we were, of I get that. We were very much uh, in the splash zone, right at the front of uh, one of the top tiers of the stand. So we were in the upper tier and
1: we were still getting drenched. It
0: was absolutely. ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, like if if I was trying to take pictures the whole time for the Instagram and things like that, I was just utterly freezing. It's that it's that weird thing at football where the top of your legs just gets absolutely drenched. Um, and sticks you right in the freezing cold.
1: Aye, wasn't particularly comfortable to stand either because it was such a tight park that you know, your kneecaps mm-hmm. are up near your ears. Yes, which is not pleasant. No. Like, Darren place on my six foot four. Yeah, you know he's come to kind of set a funny angle just to get some leg room.
0: Oh, well, that—that is the thing. That was—it was a very ticked <laughs> amount of you know shoulder width. I mean, we're not. I'm—I don't think I'm a. I suppose I'm quite a broad person, unfortunately but you were, you were doing the diagonal sort of uh, shoulder shift to try and fit in with your partner as to who got to to lean back or lean forward, uh, which is always an interesting one. Something that we don't usually have to worry about uh, at the Falkirk Stadium, which I think we're quite blessed with there. Um, and again, something I never had to worry about is a cameraman. Um, nor was paying the bill to go to any of these football matches, so that's obviously quite a shock as well. Um, I think from my point of view... It, like on the outside of the stadium, again, it was very compact, very small streets. So it made it feel like there was going to be 20, 30,000 people there. Um, in reality, I think it was 13. Um, and once you actually got in, the sort of attendance was a bit more sporadic. But Stoke brought an incredible amount of away fans, um, quite heartily filled their, their away allocation there. And they are. Their atmosphere was amazing. You know, the chanting there was in- incredibly strong and celebrating the goals and all that. It was really loud. That was a
1: proper away day for them. It's wow. kind of come down to London, kind of a bit of a knees up. Um, you know, I, I, if you're a Stoke fan just now, you just enjoy these things. You're, you're not really there for the football. You're there just for a bit of kind of a song
0: and a dance and a drink. Well, that's a nice thing as well, of course, is you, you do have the facilities um, to do such a thing. Um, but yeah I was I would reflect your comments on the stadium. I would say a solid seven, eight out of ten stadium. Uh, thought the seats were good um, you just couldn't see the sort of far corner nearest to us.
1: I would give it a kind of six and a half. I would never I wouldn't give it much more than that. Um, I think if I went back again I would probably try and get in the end stand. There's a basically what you had was a restrictive view, which still cost a lot of money. And again, you weren't you were kinda of struggling to see the touchline, kinda of mm. like looking uh the the dugouts really. You were struggling to see the far corner or the near mm. corner, I should say. So it wasn't great. Like I say, there wasn't a great deal of round, but you can't really help that if you're six foot and I'll seventeen stone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not true. That's not true. You're a feather. You're de- deceptively the camera adds ten stone, I believe. Or I'm- well I'm going with that (laughs) Um, I tell you what though in terms of I liked it and in terms of plane spotting I got very excited at the sight of one of those double decker Airbus A380s Um, and then when I said that the fan in front of us turned around and looked at me in absolute disgust (laughs) as pure football tourists I've started spotting planes we started spotting I think flying swans and things, flying ducks at one point flying Um, trampolines and indeed but then I, and I remember it was quite nice to have you know the screen and things like that to watch back some of the goals and again my friend that turned around and scorned at me for the plane turned around and agreed with me in terms of what a strike it was which I know is one of your favourite things at football matches when other people turn around to communicate with you
1: oh love it <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: what you're there for it's, it's, it's absolutely it's not what I'm there for what what we're all there to have a shared experience and we want to celebrate these things together no, I had a great time at the Falkirk game reminiscing with the the Aberdonian man next to me about his do stories. So, who cares about the football? I'm just there to make some friends. That's all it is. Get some more. Joe, you know actually, we do have a potential other sofa manager host in that. If you look at the selfie. Uh, I took of us on the Sofa Manager Instagram at Sofa Manager. There's an old man heartily smiling away <laughs> in the background. Yes, totally photobombing us. And if I'd known that at the time and spotted it, I totally would have invited one. Maybe we can track him down even. Um, so if you're in seat thirty-four B row h I've no idea. I'm totally guessing. Totally guessing. So that happened. Um In terms of the action on the pitch, uh, final score, Queen's Park Rangers for Stoke City 2. 2-0 up and you bleeped it up, I believe was the the chant going round there. Um, Stoke City 2-0 up and then ultimately blew it. What are your thoughts um, on the game that was two weeks ago?
1: It was very entertaining. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed the game. I thought when I went to 2-0 Stoke, you're thinking, this, this could literally be any score... For Stoke, they were absolutely tearing QPR to shreds. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was maybe just a wee change of system or if Stoke decided to kind of sit back, QPR came roaring back into it. Um, uh, they just kind of started finding gaps and Stoke looked really, really nervy. Uh, as soon as like, there was kind of one or two wee breaks, and I thought, oh Christ, here we go. And QPR just went for it. I had nothing to lose at 2-0. I think that's maybe what sort of shackles were off as such. Went for it and uh, it made for a really good game like, I thought, like I said we were going to absolutely roll it and they absolutely balled it
0: no, I totally agree, especially early on in the first half, they were just absolutely powering through, attack after attack after attack, and the two goals 27-31, and 31, it felt earlier than that they should have scored
1: so many goals before it though, you're talking two or three very good chances beforehand
0: uh, Sam Clukas is a name some people will recognise from Premier League days uh, I don't know if he was necessarily with Stoke in the Premier League was he Hull maybe? I've uh, no idea Sounds like a Hull name Tyrese Campbell who I couldn't really tell you much about Scorers for QPR Hugel, Eze, Osai Samuel and Chair on 90 plus 1 minutes I didn't actually know that Chair scored <laughs> i When sure uh, When Chair came on we had... Um, a few comments about. I think I said he must have been a sitting midfielder. What did you say?
1: He's not got a leg like to stand on. He's
0: not got a leg like to stand on, I did. Um, ironically, neither of us, I don't think, made any joke about him being on the bench in terms of the chair. But again, I'm sure the fans around us massively appreciated that 10 out of 10. 100% humour and banter indeed uh, but some names Scottish fans might recognise was uh, in goal for Queen's Park Rangers Liam Kelly, formerly of Livingston fame did an alright job uh, had a bit of trouble throwing and kicking I think but... I like think everybody did Yeah, well, it was, uh, I suppose it was a windy day that's fair uh, Dominic Ball uh, at number 12 for Queen's Park Rangers and holding midfield had a really good game yeah, he was, he he was absolutely brilliant held the ball well, didn't really make too many mistakes on the passing uh... he kept the kind of play going, he kept everybody going yeah. uh,
1: even the 2-0 down I think You know, he was one of the kind of driving forces him and was it Ezzy? Was Ezzy
0: one of the wide men?
1: Uh, it was the kind of playmaker I he was number 10 yeah, absolutely he outstanding, wee touches sort of flex round the corner he was, he was kind of playing, I thought he was a midfielder he kept pushing further and further forward though as the game went on he was absolutely brilliant Probably one of the I, best players in the
0: park. I think a few times, I can't remember if it was him or Asai Samuel, or it was just a little bit too ball greedy for my liking. Uh, it was number 20, one of the kind of wingers.
1: He uh-huh. it it was like a headless chicken. he would just run. Oh, Nothing I, else to it, no direction to it, and kind of
0: no, no, no talent. And he would just yeah. run for it. I was like, it's totally ineffective. Indeed. Uh, there was, is it Jordan Thompson was number 34, who I think was a former Rangers talent?
1: Could be. You, um, you said it was,
0: I've uh, never... No, I'm... Um, not ring a right well. uh, Joe Allen in midfield had a pretty nondescript game. I passed it. Um, and foot like Martin the James Chester, people you might recognise from the sort of lower end of the Premier League, top end of the Championship. Um, probably the best quality of footballers I've seen in the flesh this season. <laughs> well, will. Um, wants to compare but- against? No, the thing is, I've only seen Stenis Muir, Falkirk hearts um, at anyone's Dennis Muir had played. So th- the bar is certainly not raised high. It's slim pickings. Huh? It is slim pickings, but they were certainly... I thought the pace of the game was good. I thought their technical ability was good. A lot of chances. really good game to watch.
1: The only thing of was a negative is the price. It was never worth 33
0: quid. <sighs> it's, it's not, not the, the same, same spectacle. Spectac- like up up here, here you would you be, paying be paying that to go to... A really, a really big, big a game, game. And, it, uh, and it would probably, probably be against, against an old firm, an old firm, team, firm team at that, that price.
1: price you would be close to 30 quid to go much like Hibs Aberdeen mm. and, you know, I appreciate if you're a Scottish football fan you would probably rather go and see Hibs versus Aberdeen but if you are a neutral that or QBR Stoke is a, mm.
0: that's a tough one indeed in, in, in is going to be my, <laughs> my new, new expression um, so that now leaves QPR in 15th as of this week, Stoke City in 19th. Yeah, they're struggling. i doing particularly well. So you, of course, went st- hurtling up the championship to the Charlton game this weekend, who are currently sitting 18th um, in the championship. And they were playing. Luton Town. in L- London Luton. Yeah, Bobby League. Oh, dear. <laughs> Solid win. Lyle Taylor getting two. You'll recognise his name from days of old. Cracking game.
1: It was probably better than the QPR game, but maybe because I had a vested interest in it, watching the, the Charlton game.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: it is the team I can kind of follow well and down here. Uh, so, again, looking to be fair to them, fantastic away support. Like, the average attendance is about 10,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just under 2,000 away fans. <laughs>
0: 18,000, it's saying, is the attendance here, nearly 19. It was, must
1: have been 16,500 easy home fans. Yeah. Really quite a, a, an impressive sort of attendance for that. Uh, you're talking maybe a, a quarter of the average attendance of Luton as a kind of away fan base. Mm-hmm. Brian's support the whole way through the game. I thought they might have kind of snuck it at half time. It was kind of one each, very kind of cagey game. Second half, Charlton came out absolutely just stole the show, stormed it. Mm. Uh, Lyle Taylor on absolutely unbelievable form. It's, he's probably going to be the this kind of saviour for him this season. Mm-hmm. If he gets injured or if something happens to him, I, I think Charlton would maybe get relegated, but he's a, a proper talisman figure. Yeah, I, I A few few clubs that didn't really have that at the bottom leg, bottom <laughs> ebb. Mm-hmm. The QPR, if you're looking at Stoke, we don't have that kind of figurehead as such. Is what Charlton have with will, will Taylor, and eventually when Johnny Williams comes back, like a Welsh midfielder, mm-hmm. he's a really kind of cult hero.
0: I was like Johnny Williams. Yeah, they, they should be fine. Out, Charlton should
1: be fine. It's going to be well, Luton definitely will get relegated. Like maybe kind of Barnes, could get sucked into it. You're looking mm-hmm. at Stoke, who are struggling. QPR, if they if they pick up their form, they might be okay, but you know they're, they're not far away from getting sucked into it as well. Mm. So it's it's going to go right down to the wire.
0: Indeed. Uh, other names you might recognise there. Aidan McGiddy on the bench. I uh, did not become one. on on. Uh, for Charlton, Andrew Shinney on the bench for Luton. Um, Cal McMenamin, former... former uh, is he the former Wigan guy? Maybe. Mm, Maybe. Yeah. Might be. Sluga. Well, that's interesting. It must have... Because um, they had the week before that their football for a fiver week. So I'm guessing there are tendencies of taking a huge shot in the arm after getting so many people through the door.
1: Yeah, I think, I think they were quite disappointed last week with the football for a fiver. They opened two 0 off. Um, like Blackburn were playing. Mm-hmm. That had been quite, you know, they were hoping for a It was a full, full capacity crowd. I they were a bit disappointed to lose the game. Otherwise, they get full momentum going into the following week. Uh-huh. Probably in our full house. They've, they've got the potential for it. It's just, you, you kind of hope their form picks up a wee bit and you'll see the crowds really take off.
0: Oh, well, there we go. It's a. Uh... Sadly, much bigger than our uh, premiership attendances, eight thousand at St Johnston Rangers at the weekend, uh, for example, uh, for what was a cracking game as well. Um, So, how do you think? uh, What What's the sort of championship experience? I tell you what, I'll ask you a different question. If we were to send our best and brightest teams down there, where do we think, like you know, Motherwell would finish in the championship, or Aberdeen would finish in the championship, or? You know Hamilton or Saint Mirren or Saint Johnston. Rank, rank where you think these teams would end up.
1: It's controversial.
0: I know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. All right. Well,
1: I mean, if you're doing it straight away, so if you just drop the, the current teams as they are right now, right now. Ra-
0: Rangers and Celtic. Start with it.
1: The I think Celtic would probably find themselves competitive in the kind of bottom half of the Premiership. Okay. Given that given that squad, Rangers maybe on a good day, but they they're, 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 they're very close. Team. They are very very close. Mm-hmm. Um, Aberdeen I don't know because Aberdeen are so poor right now <laughs> Well they're not as good as Motherwell for example I think even Mother- Motherwell again on their day you know, maybe talking the very very bottom of the Championship Charlton would beat them I, I mm-hmm. do believe that I think Charlton would beat most teams in the Scottish Premiership just given what they've got uh, resource wise the-, the players, the calibre of the player is a lot better mm-hmm. They're, but more, they're far more physical. They're far more athletic than what a atypical Scottish player is. Mm-hmm. I think you would find, you know, maybe, if you're talking Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, would mm-hmm. immediately go to League One. But no, Ooh. Ooh. give them, give them a season <laughs> okay. in that environment, and you would quite easily see them getting promoted into the Championship and do probably quite well in the Championship. Yeah. Likewise, 100%. if you had Rangers and Celtic. Again, parachute them immediately into the Premiership. They would struggle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they don't, don't have the resources, but give them the kind of time and money over a couple of seasons and they'd be right up there challenging for the Premiership title.
0: Yeah, I think um,
1: I, I think it, it's, it's one of these kind of things. I mean, if you are, you know, um, right, say for example, Musa Dembele at um, Leon,
0: Leon. Mm-hmm.
1: and Rangers and Celtic get parachuted into the English Premiership. After two or three seasons, you know, they're, they're quite a kind of big team. Dembele's looking to leave. Where would you rather go? Some place like Newcastle or Everton or somewhere like that? Or would you rather go and play for Rangers or Celtic? If they all had the kind of same financial clout they would be far sort of, it's far more attractive to go to Glasgow and play for those two clubs than it is to go and play for kind of mid-table jobbers in the English membership.
0: Oh I, I, absolutely and you're going to score heavens above more goals and get some European football as well as it currently stands. Um,
1: I think from my some mute point until until you actually put them in and go. Yep, yeah, over the next kind of four or five seasons, you will see them really dominate. Absolutely. If you parachute them in, it's a pointless argument.
0: I think I'm I'm kind of you know in agreement because the the Scottish Premier League is of such a varying level of quality. You know, you got your top two teams, which are probably Premier League top end championship yo-yo sites. You've then got you know your mother wells at the moment who are doing quite well this season. Aberdeen's Hibernians, who you know, could maybe survive a Championship squabble on a good day finish mid-table. I don't think they would be challenging the likes of you know Leeds and West Brom and things like that.
1: Um, I've seen Leeds play West Ham and they told them to shreds and you're thinking if you're doing that to an English Premiership, granted they're not doing very well. Yeah. But they are doing that to an English Premiership team which is literally guys oh. that are worth
0: 10-15 Very capable. But then the thing is, I also reflect on Dominic Ball has never looked like a good footballer to me and he's holding his own you know, in a mid-table championship team, um, you know, the, there's a few sort of Scottish guys of that sort of level.
1: You can give me, I'll, you can give me Dominic Ball, and I'll give you Graham Shinney who cannot get into that derby team, who was a standout for Aberdeen.
0: I know. Uh, but then it, it is that thing of you know, you're good for one team, and that's you. You look at like, you know, Stevie May going back to St Johnston, Niamh again coming back to Aberdeen, um.
1: Could, I
0: think another one would be Leon Boyce.
1: Exactly. Struggled in England, came back and he looks an absolute baller in the Scottish Premiership.
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's it's funny that it always works out like that. And the, the thing is, I was looking at it the other day because when I was watching that, uh, you see the highlights of the Ranger St Johnston game. I have, yeah. What a beauty that was from Camberry, by the way. Oh, stunning! Um, but you know, I'm I'm watching um, their. Ma- what's their manager's name again? Um, right, Tommy Right. I'm thinking you have been there forever. And there's a few players that have been here there forever. And I think, you know, it's the same at Motherwell with like Robinson. And there is just, there's, in these sort of mid table Scottish Premiership teams, their management teams are so static that they just must be sick and tired of another season that like Men Park or Fir Park, all doing an excellent job, mind you. But they're thinking, must be thinking, how am I not getting that opportunity, you know, one of these bigger sides or down south or something? Because our, our stock seems to have kind of gone down as far as Scottish managers are concerned.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I I'll kind of disagree with some of that. I think Tommy Wright is probably at a level where he, he should have left a season or two ago when his stock was really high. Mm-hmm. And I think he elected to stay at St. Johnston for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Stevie Robinson, on the other hand, I think it's a matter of time before he does get a bigger job elsewhere. We
0: keep, we keep saying that.
1: No, I don't know. I think he, certainly they're coming this summer. We'll see who gets sacked. You know, in and around, can I end up hilarious? Oh, are you? Is
0: this a is this a Stendal implication? Do you think? Our, and or Jack Ross will last for very long. Mm, Jack Ross is, is doing.
1: Has will be a bit longer than but Stendhal will.
0: I believe Stendhal has the full backing of the board because there's essentially not much he could have done. Although his signings in January were a bit questionable.
1: He's, again, he'll have the summer to get it sorted. If, if... You know, Robson can quite easily find himself like, in a kind of mid-table championship team, dinner in England, given the given what he's done with the limited resources at, at Motherwell. Indeed, and he, he seems to find great players for absolutely pennies. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, that's what he's got. Kind of, most this is his biggest asset. It's his biggest selling but,
0: point. This is again. I've said this on podcasts in recent re- recent weeks. Is just I wish that the if only the top teams could do this as well. But you know, that's the nature of being top teams. is you're you're kind of lazier, aren't you? You just go out and spend the money. Uh, rather than than hunting high and low for the good talent, I saw um, so weird headline on the BBC News website here in terms of you know youth talent. Aki's defender Hamilton to train with Brighton, um, and to have a defender called Hamilton playing with Hamilton seems a tragic waste uh, to let him go to Brighton. It was like that was it. Russell Dingwall used to play with Ross County. I, think
1: we'll shake I Tony Dingwall striker. I remember.
0: Oh, there's got to be a quiz on that some week in terms of players named after the places or teams that they play with. Um there'll be some fewer cult heroes uh there. Comment in with that for me to to quiz John on cult hero or cult zero. <laughs> um but uh, it's it's interesting in terms of you know, players with a stock high. We talked about that Camberry goal there. Um and how good he was for Rangers at the weekend and is he making Morelos look like a bit of a chump potentially?
1: He could, super, he could, kind of supersede them although.
0: Could indeed. I mean, Morelos has been so highly thought of for such a long time, and ever since that wee penalty miss, it's kind of been kind of been sketchy.
1: He's, he's, he's had too much kind of controversy off the park this season, rather than on it. All this kind of nonsense about his Lamborghini and getting the
0: <laughs> deflate, deflate gate, yes. How's he got a Lamborghini, though? That's crazy.
1: Oh, that, yeah. Okay, right, that's another point. How in the hell... How much money is he getting out of Rangers to afford that kind of Lamborghini? That's a-
0: the thing is, back in the day, right, right in the high days, I think the, the best players played... Or the best paid, sorry, Rangers and Celtic players were maybe on 50, 30, 30, 40, 50 grand a week?
1: Nice mix. The rumour was Bobo Wilde was on about maybe 40, 50
0: grand a week. Aye. Whereas now maybe 30 grand a week at most, I guess. I don't know. Surely someone like Scott Brown who's been there for years and he's captain. Would you be in the form when a fair whack? Despite his age, Me career. Well, oh, Bournemouth will only be paying any of his salary, that's for sure. Ian Flanagan will a fair whack. Flanagan? <laughs>
1: yeah, I think Oh, but former English Premiership player. He barely plays. Barely plays.
0: It could be, could be, as far as I'm concerned. Scott
1: Sinclair was supposed to be on about twenty-five grand a week. Was he?
0: He was quite. He was quite. He was a big name though at the time. He was a big draw. He was a big name, and he
1: was a, a good player for a season. I don't think they ever made the money back on him, but you know, it's,
0: it helped. The Thing is, he won some trophies, and he can he can kind of retire happy now, can't he? That's what Celtic kind of provides you.
1: He can turn around to his grand wins and say, oh, "I won
0: a couple of Premiership titles, a couple of Scottish yes. Cups with Celtic," which is kind of easy to do. Um, I ah, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Canber- if Canberra keeps these performances up, you would fully expect him to sign with them come the end of the season. Potentially, yes. Uh, which would put them in an, an an interesting position, you know, with another th- what, three, four strikers on their books. Um...
1: I think it, I think it would be quite a, a good sign. if he keeps a, if if can build a bit of form when he's at Rangers. I think there's mm-hmm. there's scope for him to actually sort of stay there a bit longer. If you're, you're looking at a new him and a Rebo. Mm-hmm. Um, actually Ojo's kind of disappeared I don't know what's ever happened to him I don't know if he's injured
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, he kind of fell away but you're still looking at like Scott Arfield thanks like to still, still a really good player mm-hmm. Ryan Jack's absolutely brilliant in that team so oh he's uh, oh, it a is.
0: plonker he's a it total plonker uh, he's, totally he's a good player he barely scores any goals barely scores any goals he's useless totally useless you see that rubber shot he had on the weekend tested the keeper nowhere near the goal nowhere near useless man's a plonker <laughs> Um that's maybe maybe a bit of my red showing through there. Um big problem with Gerard recently has been the defence. Um he was quite scathing in his comments at the weekend. And I do find this an interesting tactic that he he always tends to blame something in the team. Um and he never I've I've very rarely seen him look to himself and put his hands up and say, you know, I got it wrong today. Um, and I'm beginning to wonder with the domestic form in particular. You know, he listed a number of performances like against Aberdeen, Hearts, St Johnston, uh, Kilmarnock, uh, and a couple of others as well that they've really let themselves down. And it's like, how long before the questions start to fall at his feet as opposed to keeping on blaming the players? Uh,
1: well, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. Uh, I'm not too sure. I think he's got a point, though. Do you not think he's got a better point about how bad that defence is? It's individual <laughs> mistakes as well.
0: It, it it's is. It's not a
1: kinda, it's not a collective kind of like disaster. Like, so, he's not served the team in a bad way. You know, I, I do think it's, it's it's either Tavernier not checking back or doing something absolutely erratic. <laughs> it was a Cattage at the weekend who can of let the ball slip through. You know, he can't legislate for that. That's that's what's letting them down. Like Goulton's always looking a wee bit of kind of liability. He's a decent Goulson's. defender. Is he defender? though? Is I he? think he's. It he would look better if he had someone good beside him.
0: Wouldn't? Wouldn't we? Wouldn't we all, John? And 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 that's why the sofa manager faceplate just now has the two of us, <laughs> side by side, looking fantastic. I'm sure. I don't know. I've never really seen it from Goldson. I think their problem in, is in part that they're they all. for n- oh, goodness sake! Never seem to hit um, form at the same time, and there's always one of them dipping kind of up and down. Um and again they're missing Hellander. I don't know if Hellander's gonna be a solution to their problems either. Uh, but then if you ask me if they were to go out into the market for an established centre half, I mean Scott McKenna is all but for sale, but I mean is that gonna solve your problems on a big European platform? I don't think so. Uh, if we could have sold him for seven million pounds, happy days. I oh, know. Yeah, but then yeah, but then you should have sold Morelos for like 10 million when they had a the chance. So. Or, um, ah, well, yeah, why not? Why not? well that, But then, look at the, if you do that for a few seasons, like, for example, there's no way someone like Ighalo has the talent to be a Man United, and he's managed to engineer that because it's, it's kind of easier to come back from China. So, Barcelona, he used to be, I tell you what, everyone's mugging him off for being like an average Middlesbrough player, but he used to be in my ultimate team. When I was actually really good at Ultimate Team, <laughs> um, and the, the, it was the year I got to Division Three, which I might talk about every now and then. I don't. I, I don't think they actually do divisions anymore, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the year I was really good at it. Uh, but my team was basically a French four. Was it a four-two-one-two? Two? Uh, a four-one-two-one-two. Four-one-two-one-two. One, two, that sounds about right. Um, all French players, my top two, Wissam Ben Yedder, who has since gone on to great things, playing with Toulouse at the time, and Martin Braithwaite, who was with Toulouse at the time, and his movement was incredible. If I think he was a 76 card, which wasn't great, but got the job done, so I'm I'm very respectful. And that was, who did I have? I had like Valbuena as the centre attacking mid. Uh, I think he was Marseille at the time and then I think I had Suzuko out in the wing or something like that something like that uh, so it was an interesting squad so I I I mean a lot of people have been t- talking about that in terms of them kind of skirting the rules a wee bit it
1: um, was done maybe with the transfer window from I need to ask a about this he's
0: if you have, I think the rule was, if you have more than three injured players in one position, and because they are missing Suarez and eh, Suarez Dembele and must be some other striker, eh, that they were allowed to sign a distinctly average, was he from Ibar or something like that? It
1: was some. It was only the kind of bottom teams. It was. Where are the
0: where are the where are the wrong people to talk about this? <laughs>
1: Darren will tell you.
0: Darren will tell you. He's not here to defend himself, so stuffy Darren. <laughs>
1: What I'm about with that is the team they did purchase him from weren't allowed to sign in a replacement.
0: Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Why can't they get Luis Suarez on loan and return? <sighs> well, apparently...
1: You're a star striker, but then you're not allowed to try and replace him. That's a joke.
0: That's absurd. That is completely absurd. Um, I know that FIFA have been trying to clamp down on them for that as well because it is I think unless you are like emergency loaning like a goalkeeper or something like that it it really shouldn't be necessary especially at that level when you have so many youth players to fall back on you could pull somebody at the stands it would probably do a better job exactly exactly do the hockey rule where you've got that like third keeper who's like all half dressed waiting to get on the park if two goalies get injured um, so, I ah, controversial there. Um, where are we? Ranger Europa League. By the time this goes out, <laughs> Braga will have happened away from home. I know a lot of people that are going. It's a cool stadium, actually, sort of in the hills. Um, the sort of two massive stands in the main sides. Uh, a relic of Euro 2004. Yes, yeah, good times. Greece won that tournament, did they? No, it didn't. Yes, it did. Yes, did they? they yep. Blummin' heck. Good. T- I remember watching that in the caravan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was quite kind of relatively new to football. You're thinking, yeah, Greece, like, football powerhouse. Aye. How many World Cups have they won?
0: <laughs> who on earth was in that team? Because that would... Salmona's supposed to be in that team. No. No. Surely no in 2004. Because that would... That would never happen now. I can understand why Portugal won in the final. Denmark won it, they won it in Oh dear Takis Takis Fisas, he did not play for Hearts, did he? He did play for Hearts 2005-2007 Takis, is it Fisas or Fisas? uh,
1: Fisas
0: Stelios Polos. is that Stelios the Bolton boy? Mm, I have no idea Yes, Bolton Wanderers 137, he was good they only had two or oh, they only made two substitutions, sorry. Hmm. Uh, I don't think you would know any of these players, John.
1: Was so Portugal they played in the final?
0: It was Portugal they played in the final indeed. I don't seem to have the full squads. I've just got the folk that were subbed on. Portugal's like a who's who, Ricardo Carvalho, Maniche, Cristiano Ronaldo, De- Cristiano Ronaldo 2004, Deco, Luis Figo, Pauleta. My namesake of Portugal, of course. Outstanding team. Anders Frisk was the force official <laughs> from Sweden. Of course he is. <laughs> and, uh, Andre Mariner was the ref at your Charlton game, by the way. He is. That was That was quite famous. So, Greece. Greece... Greece qualified as Group A runner-up behind Portugal. Mm-hmm. I've
1: no idea who they played along the way. It was... Uh, Portugal beat England in the semi-finals on penalties. Yes. It Beckham, Beckham it. Dear.
0: Sure it that, a Beckham Sky that yeah. Good
1: times.
0: Anyway, anyway, that was a bit <laughs> that was a bit of a nostalgic aside. Yes, very much off piste Um What have we been saying? Are uh, are Rangers and Celtic gonna get through? Is the question I'm gonna ask.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think Celtic will just I'll be nervy.
0: The thing is, anything can happen with their, their current score lines and we can we can sound incredibly stupid when this goes out on Wednesday or Thursday. It depends. If Celtic
1: show up, given Copenhagen's kind of first half performance, Celtic should walk it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Quite honestly, Rangers on the other hand, I have absolutely no idea what to expect.
0: They've lost a suspicious amount of away goals that puts them in very nervy territory.
1: They have to go there and have to shop up, shop up, right for the word go the the channel's inner Walter Smith, yes, <laughs> just defend two banks of five, just forget Bats about them
0: it. All. But then you're going to have to put put Ryan Jack back at centre half or something to try and shore things up or something like that. You did that, fine. <laughs> Such a big fan, apparently, of Mr. Jack. Um, I can see them going out. I think if it was the other way around, I think if the home leg was the last leg, they'd have a much better opportunity. Yes, I would. And I do. Although it was a brilliant performance in midweek to come back in the fashion that they did, it's a big ask against a team that is currently playing quite well. Yeah, and
1: Braga did look a good outfit going forward. So I think of...
0: I think Darren was saying that they did beat like Sporting Lisbon and uh Benfica and things like that recently. So they are they are not mucking around in their domestic league. Um Ryan Gold apparently doing well in the Portuguese second division um at the moment. <laughs> Indeed. I'd rather be playing in the Portuguese second division then. Well, <laughs> quite possibly. Quite possible. It's a funny it's funny how some people's careers go. Um so I and then Celtic go and play Copenhagen uh, was relatively fortunate, some good saves from Fraser Forster kept them in that uh, so it's by no means if you watched
1: the first half Copenhagen were rotten, Celtic should right. have won that with 3 or 4 now um, second half, you're right, I think Celtic kind of sat back or, and on Copenhagen obviously came to play a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, Forster's penalty save was absolutely outstanding mm-hmm. it's, it's probably what's kind of kept them in the tie Mm-hmm. So I think they'll go back to Celtic Park, given the atmosphere. I think they'll feel quite confident about themselves. Or they should feel confident about themselves going into it. Mm-hmm. So I would expect them to go through. I th- I do th- it doesn't matter who they get in the last sixteen. I think they probably will get put out. Yeah, the volume of good teams in that know, League this season.
0: I think the the thing is for for both Rangers and Celtic to get beyond the group stages. I think the main target for both of them exactly, once they've achieved that you're really into the realms of potluck as to A, what happens in these games, B, who you're drawn against uh, and there's a lot of factors that need to be going for you uh, I will be interested to see how far folk like Wolves and things like that go um, because English teams in the past have had a habit of occasionally going to the finals and kind of bottling it there
1: well, I think if, if you're Wolves um, you're looking at it, you're going yep, this is for us they're safe in the Premiership, they're just putting all their energy into winning well, the that-
0: that would be a chance it's a Champions League spot now well this is it?
1: it it's absolutely outstanding like group stage as well
0: which would be sensational for a a club that size and would sadly vindicate their ridiculous investment that they don't really have the sustainability to do um, I would suggest but uh, nonetheless we'll see how they go um, the most interesting thing
1: really about the performances this season though in the Europa League for Rangers and Celtic is what they've done for the coefficient mm-hmm. So next season, we're getting two teams. If, as things stand, I think like Olympiacos need to get knocked out, which they probably mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. And I can remember the kind of nation that's close by. But as results go, as we should expect, we now get two Champions League places next season. Granted, their first qualifying round, so Rangers and Celtic theory should be in the oh, Champions League. Okay, This is oh, fair enough. Third place <laughs> gets Europa League. So you're looking at motherwell getting Europa League.
0: What uh-huh.
1: qualifying fourth qualifying round it's, I don't know what second qualifying round and then fourth and fifth or fourth in the Scottish Cup winner mm-hmm. get the this new conference Europe European Conference League mm-hmm. third tier tournament so they go into that at quite a high level I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's it's done wonders for our sort of coefficient
0: it just means we're further in the competition when all these teams get punted out unfortunately
1: well it, it can only help I mean, yeah, You're you are looking at Rangers and Celtic to hopefully do a little bit more in the in the Champions League next season. I, I I think honestly, it would be outstanding to see the both of them get to that level again.
0: I think what it takes is I remember when Aberdeen did it, it is that you, you need to have a team that's been kept together for a number of years, that's been on top form consistently, finishing you know third. Um and just as a brilliant you know unit, and I've not seen that from any Scottish teams. Uh, out with the old firm in a very long time, and I, I wouldn't predict going forward into next season. Like I don't think Motherwell would be strong enough. Kilmarnock heartily embarrassed themselves this year. Aberdeen didn't really fare that much better. Um, so it's it's going to be a number of years, unfortunately, before we we do anything.
1: Well, the obviously could be interesting. I think we may actually see ourselves do reasonably well in it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: given that we're probably playing sort of, you know we should be playing teams on sort of like a a similar level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that'll be more interesting than what we'll be getting popped out of the kind of Europa League, and, and no further.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's, it's probably a better opportunity for Aberdeen, maybe Hibs. You would kind of expect Motherwell to drop immediately.
0: Bear better mind Livingston are currently in fifth in the league as well, so we shouldn't uh, drop them out of the conversation.
1: Livingston as well, you're absolutely right. Kilmarnock could be in the mix.
0: You never know. Yeah, Seventh place it picks up. So thing I've heard, uh, uh, there's a colleague I work with who's a big Kilmarnock fan, and me being a big Aberdeen fan, I had to go and mention to him the the last minute uh, winner that uh, occurred last week. And I was like, I was, uh, I was just wondering for the printing, do you do you need four copies or or three, four, four or three, four, three. <laughs> uh, wasn't too pleased about it, but what he did say about Kilmarnock is their first eleven is brilliant, as soon as you bring anybody off, there's absolutely hee-haw depth to that squad at all Um, so I feel their pain there, but uh, it's actually been a similar week for Aberdeen and Rangers in that there's been the sensational highs of the midweek results and then the lows of the typical domestic match and in typical fashion, the manager getting all the abuse that comes with that Um,
1: part of the game
0: Unfortunately, so you don't you don't uh, you don't remember the good times. You only remember the bad. Um, it was a pretty boring weekend in the Premiership, though. However, it's been a, a gossipy week in Scottish football, with uh, uh, the most unusual decision known to man: with James Keatings' uh, yellow card for diving being upheld for the Scottish Challenge Cup final against Wraith Rovers. Have you seen the footage in question here, John? I no. Have you not? This has been... This is the... This is your problem with the down south kids though. You're just not up on all the Scottish football gossip. This is simply for Inverness, is that correct? Yes, he played for Inverness. It was against the Rangers Colt team? No, he was 100% taken out. That was a penalty. Completely. Uh, But he got booked for diving. Um, And that was that then put him out of the final. Inverness appealed that decision. It was upheld in the face of totally contradictory evidence that just baffles and boggles the mind. Um, to the, the, the like, I think recently, you know, VAR and things down south has been controversial, but it's been working. There's not many decisions that people have wholeheartedly disagreed with, um, I don't think, recently. And this was the polar opposite of that in every way, shape and form.
1: If I'd been the other way around, it would have been rescinded.
0: It would have been. The thing is, poor James Keatings has suffered, you know, a bit with depression and things in his time. So a Scottish Challenge Cup would have maybe gone a long way to, to helping that out. But no, Scottish football doesn't want to help you with your, your mental health problems. No,
1: it's not so much that. It's like, you know, it was absolutely black and white. It was not a dive. It was it was taken
0: out. I know that uh, it's uh,
1: insane decision.
0: I know that Sean uh, Sean McGuigan was. Very happy about it being a, a whole-hearted Wraith Rovers fan. Um, however, as he's unlikely to play in the final, have they announced where they are playing the final?
1: I was about to ask, do you know? <laughs> Who is no, it? Wraith,
0: know. And... Wraith and uh, Inverness, Caledonian Thistle.
1: If there's any sense we can play that someday, like Dice or Dens,
0: Not McDermid? Oh, McDermott? I never thought of that. 10,000,
1: that would probably do the job. They've done it at McDermott
0: before.
1: I last time, I was going to say last time, that is the Falkirk played there against Ross County, 4 05. Yes. Uh, that also hosted. Oh, was it the Dumbarton? Dumbarton played in I the final I think you're
0: right. I think you're right.
1: Diamantis for Celeste was still playing.
0: Challenge Cup final, Wembley, Challenge Cup, to be decided. To be decided. Wraith against Inverness, Caledonian. So we'll bring that information to you when it, it, it comes. It will probably be on some it's sort of channel. channel. Oh, so it's I'm usually
1: concerned. early April. First or second okay.
0: okay. Well, you know, a good a good to a League 1 team and Wraith Rovers has made it. That's actually quite an achievement. You They spit a decent crowd for that. Yeah, both well supported dish teams.
1: Aye, if, you, if you played that, uh, McDermott, I wouldn't say it was a sellout, but you wouldn't be far away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: we know not it hoping it's 10,000. I think Tannadice is a bit more
0: Mm-hmm. so
1: I'll just see whether there's ones available on the day
0: Indeed, indeed uh, We will find out, and of course Sofa Manager will keep an eye on the obscure fixtures We used to I know we're more Betfred Cup people We, I did enjoy a good run in the Challenge Cup this year I suppose with Stennis Muir but uh, that abruptly ended at the hands of Partick Thistle so mm. uh, it's interesting again it's one of these things that you, you have to shout so loud for so little people to hear um, it's a very difficult one much like the oh my goodness do you see the championship coverage this week the hosting personality talents of Mark Kerr um, on main hosting duties for the halftime punditry and so on Sorry. Um, him and Stephen Thompson in it's oh it's so brutal I like Mark Kerr I think he's yeah, I was actually very impressed. Wait, I wouldn't say he was like kind of charismatic kind of Not for the television. Not for the television. Uh, apparently BBC Scotland is taking over uh, all right though. And to be fair, it's what we'd been asking for for a long time is more coverage of these sort of lesser games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just maybe given to more enthusiastic people um, who actually want to punt it on these things because I'm sure there's plenty of experts out there um, on you know, Dundee Uniteds and Inverness and all these sort of sites. But... Uh,
1: Stop putting the games on at 5 past 7 on a Friday night. Oh, I know, I know. And, actually be, and be sensible when you're picking the games. I do not want to watch Air against Dundee. They're too far away. You're not going to have enough away fans. 7 o'clock home fans don't really care. You know, they're playing. Oh, the ridiculous decision to have Falkirk against Airdrie has mm-hmm. been moved to a 20 past 7 kickoff on a Saturday. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: but that's the beginning of April.
0: <laughs> I know, but John... We live in the we live in the country of Scotland. Would we have decisions made in any other way, shape, or form? Yes. Well, well, I've been hearing some moaning this week as well. In terms of you know, we're coming up on the the top six split. You know, in the next what, a few months or something. Like that. It's not we're not a million miles away.
1: Still to get all five home games.
0: Yes, the way that they're distributed in terms of Rangers and Celtic always end up with their uh, what four home games every season against everyone or something like that whereas everyone else has to toddle about with whatever they're given and the fixtures that are always announced first is they do the old firm and then work backwards essentially and they usually make a hash of when they put the old firm as well
1: well they need to be sure the old firm doesn't become a kind of title decider
0: which they really nearly made a hash of I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago two years ago I think Uh, Uh, The split is kind of boring me now but then I don't want these teams to play each other four times a season because it's just which you can't really do anyway. Um, Uh,
1: There's there's nothing really wrong with the split. The implementation is a bit crap.
0: There's there's an unfair competitive advantage that we just kind of stomach that it sort of averages out which it doesn't necessarily do depending on who you are. If they split the gate money
1: or have a proportion of the gate money going to the away teams problem solved. Mm -hmm rather than 100% going to the
0: home team. Yeah, I suppose. Do the the Brazilian method of just have sheer knockout competition Um, of like, you know, when it gets to the split, every man for themselves. Plus, first place sixth, winner stays on. Second place... Uh, 5th, winner stays on 3rd plays 4th, winner stays on and then, like playoff style just knock out the teams, it'd be far more interesting far more exciting, although would cause far more revenue issues uh, for the teams that get punted out really early but relegation would be a heck of a lot more interesting And that Kilmarnock in 7th could be relegated Uh, well how would you do that though because you couldn't just relegate you couldn't do it my super playoff thing has died before it's even got off the ground How could you do that? But then the loser would maybe go into a loser pot and if they lost against the other losers they would become mega losers and then would be really I don't know. I don't know. I'll I'll leave you to it. I'll get back to you on that format. I'll get back to you format. I think it works really well for the top six. I don't think it works very well for the bottom six. So if anyone's got some super split ideas uh, do let us know about that.
1: Or keep them to yourself.
0: Or keep them to yourself hey, it's these radical ideas that we live for on the Sofa Manager podcast, we don't go for sensible or sensical we go for the outlandish and spanish, that's the only word I could think of that rhymed, anyway can you tell it's getting late in the evening (laughs) indeed Uh, do we have any more London stories that we want to tell?
1: nothing like a beard
0: not your love of steak and barbecue sauce we're not going (laughs) to
1: to be fair, right? Okay, if, if I'm gonna give anyone a little bit of tip, if you are in kind of Covent Garden area, go to Big Easy's barbecue and tell nice. the women you absolutely love the chicken.
0: There are there are some pictures of uh, John here, who is enthusiastic about his barbecue, looking so content with life at this platter of food that was placed before him, um, and he was uh, remarkably pleased with the outcome as well. Yeah, uh, we also had a wee sofa manager annual golf day to raise money for nothing, because we actually spent money on it, Um where I was of course successful over the first two holes, which are the ones that matter. Um,
1: if you say so, huh?
0: Sadly, sadly not living up to expectation throughout, as you were in fact champion, weren't you? I was overall champion. Fairly comprehensible on both the, the front nine and the back nine. Um Oh, pfft, well this is a shame because you know Darren was our residential uh putting expert. Uh he won something else. Though, I feel he beat me at something, I forget what it was. Nonetheless, probably just general knowledge at life, probably. Um by the by I look forward to next week you got any football that you're attending?
1: Uh probably not this weekend. Uh are really a struggle. It's gonna be National League South or Southern Counties East League Division One. That's that's, oh that's that's what's kind of nearby that I can afford. Two
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, championship games in the bounce is quite expensive. Uh,
0: it's like sixty pounds in the best part of two weeks. See, this wouldn't have been a problem if you'd uh, scorched a wee half-season ticket or cheeky season ticket earlier on in the season.
1: Potentially. Um, so I don't know. I'm not too sure what's going kind of coming up. I'll be back in Scotland for the kind of Easter weekend. So I think Falkirk are at home to Clyde I'll that and then I'm either going away to Montrose or I'm going to uh, Hammerby against the IK in Stockholm
0: you're going to Hammerby against what? hold on <laughs> I was vaguely listening to all that and I was like Hammerby? hold on, this is not remotely Is that that's not in the, the Friends Arena it will be the the big national
1: yeah the big 40,000 CR convertible roof
0: Convertible
1: so look, roof. I wouldn't call it convertible. Well,
0: retractable roof. I know what you mean. I know what you mean.
1: Look. Convertible roof. <laughs> so looking looking into the feasibility of going to that. It depends if all the kind of flights are shot and I'm quarantined and
0: I was about to say about to say. It. I think that's okay. just a matter of time. So. Well, you know, you've been to some Italian football in the past, and that's not all. That was cancelled. Like I do uh, some, some it was. Some it was. Like, well, in the kind of, Northern Italy, Northern territories. So. Um, yeah, let's hope my. My Corona doesn't strike again, eh? We might have to quarantine that theme song, indeed. Tough. People keep asking me, um, in terms of you know how much I pay for the royalties for that song. I'm just like, no, I just take the copyright strike every time. And they're like, oh, doesn't that affect your revenue? <laughs> I <It's like, laughs> revenue. like, <or> revenue, revenue. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, well, people. To, to the point this week, I, I thought it was funny because I, I found it. Shocking that John was actually investing any of his own money and uh, actually redesigning. Hopefully, is that how's the redesign going on the website?
1: I'm looking into the feasibility, so I'm,
0: I'm feasibility. looking at
1: themes. The theme right now is a bit Templates. it's not very great, so I'm seeing if I can kind of get a cut price. <laughs>
0: well, you were, you were I think the themes were like 30 40 pounds or something like that. I wasn't, it <laughs> wasn't a major damage. I was like, oh my goodness, why would you spend money on that? And then you pointed out to me. Paul, you spent hundreds of pounds on podcast equipment. I was like, "Touche, fair point, <laughs> well made." Something I hadn't particularly considered. Um, but nonetheless, so you got any other topics you want to introduce?
1: No, it's good. We're just going to turn it into like a rambling mess if we're not careful. So,
0: oh, We've we've hit our our target. I feel now, so we're in we're in the safe place to round it off. So, thank you very much for uh, rambling with me, Jonathan.
1: Ah, uh, sorry, we'll be roaming in the gloaming next week.
0: Cool. Yes, rambling in the robin, whatever <laughs> whatever that entails. Okay, well, we'll we'll keep that for a separate uh, sofa manager after-hours podcast. i think
1: that's where all the juicy details
0: are (laughs) The juicy details so only the people that listen to the start of the podcast and the end of the podcast will get that very extended joke very extended joke so if you did make it this far thank you very much we do appreciate you listening and we do hope you enjoy if you do give us a wee thumbs up helps us loads we comment on anything we've said this week and do follow us on all our forms of social media updated on our a fortnightly basis <laughs> yeah at Sofa Manager FC on twitter at Sofa Manager, pretty much everywhere else and of course subscribing on the youtube um, spotify, itunes, wherever you happen to find us so it's a thank you for listening from myself Paul cheers guys, all the best and have a good afternoon, no, have a good evening a good afternoon and a good morning bye bye <laughs> I liked that at the end, it was funny. (laughs)